0: Chad and Zay. I don't think I've ever heard this beat by itself. It's a good beat, though. It's such a jam. That's a solid, solid beat. Chad and Zay with you. Hour number three. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, picking beats out for you to start the third hour. So the song is called No Diggity. That's right. I don't remember who did it, though. It's a it's a big time song, I just can't remember who it was. Black Street. There it is. There it is. How they get
1: down. down. Yep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. Oh, you just you you have the (laughs) you kind of feel like you have the Kevin Dunn way of Singing where back in the day when Kevin and I were doing a show, when Kevin would imitate the song, it felt like, Is he insulting that song? No, no, I just don't know the lyrics. But when you do it, it's got a little bit of that feel. And again, you kind of go 50s gangster. I really enjoy it. <laughs> you you kind of go to like a Humphrey Bogart movie yeah. <laughs> or like the penguin from Adam West Batman or something. All right, so Black Street getting us started this hour. Lots of good stuff on the board today. We've been talking raw Russell Wilson in the NFL, Cowboys coaching staff has been announced as well for 2023. Yes, Scott Tolzien is the quarterback's coach. I'm still trying to get over that one. NBA second half has begun. And of course, the Longhorns on the basketball side getting ready for a massive game in Waco. Let's talk to a man who knows a little bit about Waco and the Longhorns. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and have our weekly conversation with Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com at GK Ketch. Ketch, how are you, man?
2: I'm good. I Zay went a little bit more mainstream than he normally does. I yeah. you know, he he usually picks beats that are kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah. I mean i you, I just, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not saying, you know, I, I know, Zay, I noticed, <laughs> first of all. Like, you know, Thank you, you did go a little bit more. I mean, everybody should know that. I was a little disappointed, actually, that Chad. Didn't know that was Blackstreet. I should know. know. that. Yeah. No,
0: I should. You're right, and I I felt bad, but I realized it just it wasn't there. You should know. Catch this week in our album swap discussion. Zay reviewed Def Leppard's Hysteria, so I think that's what pulled. <laughs> I think that's what pulled him towards mainstream. I think that's what happened because he's been jamming Pour Some Sugar on Me and you know uh, and Hysteria and Animal all week. Are we at a, going
2: to a concert? Like, can we talk him into yet (laughs) doing the concert? I would say this, Zay, you might do very well at (laughs) a Def Leppard concert. Yeah? There is a demographic that you hit that maybe not a lot of people there would hit. And it could be fish in a barrel if you play your cards right. That's what I'm
1: talking about. I don't know
0: what my wife would think. I was gonna say I he appreciates He is a married man, catch. I don't know if we need to be spreading out. I
2: such... didn't know that. Like okay. these are the way you learn things. Yes. You make suggestions that are completely inappropriate and then you find out they're inappropriate.
0: That's right. And then you just back it up a little bit. No problem. No problem. Catch if my wife I'll
2: gives... never do that again. <laughs> hey, catch, if my
1: wife ever gives me the hall pass, I'm going to a deaf Leppard concert because you said so. so. There you
0: go.
2: I'm winning. I'm I'm just telling you, I have known guys that that was their thing.
0: Yeah. That's interesting.
2: Put yourself in a high volume um you know, high rate of success situation, and then just let the math
0: work for you. There it is. <laughs> the, math, the math can be good. Math can be good in those situations. Uh, all right, all right. catch, before we get to uh, some any Longhorn-specific stuff, I wanted to get a general college football question out to you here because we talked this week about the, uh, I guess it was a Pete Thamel article, about the Pac-12, future of the Pac-12, and what happens next, and, you know, the latest thing in in realignment. Give me your thoughts on kind of what Kleovkov has changed his big challenge right now and your thoughts on you know Oregon Washington do you think they're on the move ultimately do you think this corner team discussion with the Arizona schools in Colorado and Utah matters what do you think happens here
2: I think it sucks to do your stuff last and I think that's the, the Pac-12's big problem right now is that everybody else is secure and I think there's a, just a sense there's, you know, I think the Big 12 gets the money that they get because there was this feeling that if they didn't, <laughs> calamity would ensue okay. and that suddenly you, the whole thing would be falling apart, right? So it was like these schools might go to the SEC. These schools might go to the Big 10. These schools may have nothing whatsoever. What, is ha- what happens to Iowa State? What happens to Kansas State? What happens to all these schools in the Big 12 that nobody really wants there was this feeling of somebody has to step up and keep this thing together or it's all going to fall apart. So they did. Then the big 12 got this ridiculous TV deal that they most certainly do not deserve. <laughs> <laughs> they do not deserve to be making that much more money than what the PAC 12 will be making. But the PAC 12 is what they're the last ones. And if the PAC 12 had gotten itself taken care of first, and the Big 12 was the one that was left hanging out to dry. I think there'd be some really scared rhetoric coming out of some of these outposts, you know, Ames and Manhattan. You I think you'd hear some real fear. I think the Pac-12 is punished for a lot of different reasons, disinterest in its programs at the, at the height of that. And I think, you know, it's it's not like the best bull market that ever existed. And I just think Fox and ESPN are like, we're cool, actually. Right. Yeah. So we're not, we're not going to pay the fees that you want. The Pac-12, I think, is going to end up putting together some kind of unorthodox kind of pay. They're not, they're not going to, they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to come in $20 million a year less than the Big 12. So I think you're going to see them try to do something a little outside the box. They're going to go digital. You know, I, you start hearing this Apple TV stuff, and you know, MLS has got kind of their own red zone package type stuff, Sunday ticket, if you will, that's their version of that, that for, I think, 70 bucks, you can watch every team in the league every week for MLS, and they're on Apple. It could be something like that with the Pac-12. Uh, whatever it is, it's going to be less than what they want, they don't have really a lot of options to lean into. Um, and I think that the, all of these schools will be very cautious with regards to TV rights, how long they give them up. Flexibility will be the name of the game. And if you're Oregon or Washington, you're going to see what's happening here. You're going to be like, give, "Give wait a minute, Iowa State is making how much per year? And we're making what? And I think that those schools are going to be looking for the best options they can possibly find. The Pac-12 is on borrowed time as it currently exists because there's just no financial security there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense why my man didn't go with Dion to Colorado and end up going (laughs) over there with the Ravens. But, Catch, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. CDC had this town hall meeting uh, earlier this week. Is there anything that stuck out? We know he talked about uniforms, grass field, you know, getting a new indoor practice facility, et cetera. Is there anything that stuck out? Or is there anything you thought that he should have addressed that he did not? Oh. Get
2: get us all in trouble on a Friday. That That was a good setup. How about
0: that setup at the end?
2: (laughs) We are almost at a you got fired on your day off kind of (laughs) like situation, and I I I was all ready to give you a good answer, and then you asked me, "Are there any things that should have been asked?" I mean, (laughs) oh man. I'm, you know what? I'm not even going to pretend take the bait. I'm just going to give you the answer that keeps us all
0: safe. There you go. Uh, I thought,
2: so look at me growing up and maturing, Gosh,
0: that Chad. That was growth. That was uh, growth. Well done.
2: <laughs> one week after the Tiger Woods thing completely sent this part of the show spiraling out of control. Yeah. Um, I hope you guys didn't get a meeting over that. Uh, we did
0: not. Somebody handed me something else, but not a meeting. <laughs>
2: I thought the practice facility answer was the most interesting thing to come out of this week. It was unexpected Hmm. for those that missed it. He indicated that in the next two or three months, they would be announcing plans for what they're going to do with a practice facility. And that that, that would then be the announcement that moving forward, there's a plan that something's going to get done and that they're going to replace that monstrosity. That is the bubble. And that, you know, from there, a lot of different things could happen. He mentioned that eventually they want the practice facility to be grass and that when that happens, the football field could be grass and that there could be some uniform with all of these things once the, the wheels are in motion. So, you know, it's not a real answer in the sense that we don't know that by 2026 there's going to be a new on-campus practice facility This is where it's going to be. Like, we don't know those details yet, but that he indicated by the end of the spring we might, I think it's a really big deal. I don't think the bubble is one of the single, if there were seven wonders of the world, (laughs) if you turn that upside down and talk about the seven miss wonders of the world, I feel like the bubble's. Maybe in the top three of the top its it's bad, wow, it is one of the jokes of high level major college athletics that the University of Texas uses the bubble in twenty twenty three it's needed Mac Brown knew that thing needed to be replaced, yeah, and mag didn't see it happen, Charlie didn't see it happen, Tom didn't see it all these coaches <laughs> are coming and going, and that bubble has lasted the longest. <laughs> that thing was around when they were trying to determine the state of Florida for Gore and Bush. <laughs> it goes back a long way. Sometimes you walk into that thing and you wonder why people haven't started writing their initials in like on the side of the walls by now. It just... Oh, so but that has a chance of being replaced potentially very soon. I think... Is a really positive development for the Texas football program. It, I think sometimes we don't. That it's, that, that's like the uncle at Thanksgiving that nobody talks about. Yeah. Right? Oh, Uncle, mm-hmm. uncle Bart's going to be here, but we're just going to keep him in the room with the TV and he'll be fine. That's kind of been what the bubble is. The Texas. When Texas is able to finally replace that, it will be a monumental moment in the history of the Texas football program. And those of us who've been around for a really long time won't even know what to say at that point anymore because (laughs) it's just the longest-running joke and that it's now the longest-running joke is really a pretty big problem so that really stood out to me
0: yeah no i completely agree with you catch i think that might be on top of my list too because when i think of like something people would all maybe have seen trevor lawrence working out for nfl teams at clemson does everybody remember what that looked like does everybody remember where he was yeah clemson's got that and the fact that Texas has the bubble they have today, like you just said, and Clemson has that, and then we could talk about Bama and Georgia and et cetera, et cetera. That is why – that's where Texas well, really needs to catch up. That's why it's important. And, and Chad, think of it like this. When Texas either was or was not talking to Nick Saban in
2: 2013 – Yep when they were either not or were talking to Nick Saban, the bubble was literally at the top of the list of things that if they were talking to or not to Nick Saban, <laughs> cause I don't want to relitigate litigate that for you today, uh, <laughs> but there, it was always believed that Nick Saban wasn't, was not going to come to Texas unless immediately there was a plan for what to do with the bubble. Now, obviously, Mm. they never got so far into talking that that got addressed, but it was a talking point in the conversations that did happen, which I only say that as they knew a decade ago that that thing needed to be replaced. (laughs) And a decade later, it hasn't been replaced, but we may soon hear plans of its replacement, which would be news.
0: You know what? If he had taken that job, they might have strafed that thing with F-16s like in Top Gun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, that, might have come yeah, out. like a week later, it might have been done. I'm sorry, Zay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, oh my Catch, gosh. this
0: basketball team,
1: they had a big win against Iowa State. We know the next three is going to be tough. We know we're tied right now in first place with Kansas, and Kansas has an easier three games than the Horns do. What do you expect tomorrow when they go down to the Ferrell Center?
2: Good question. Um Texas is great at home. The kind of average-ish on the road, which in this Big 12 is not bad. I mean, five. what are they in five? I think they're like four and four or something like that in the Big 12 on the road. Um, I either saw that number or I just made it up. Apologies either way. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be a game that goes down to the last four minutes because it's college basketball. And the thing that I think gives you A lot of hope if you're Texas is they got six dudes that have played over a hundred games. I think, uh, I think that was like a stat that was thrown out over the weekend. We had six guys on the team that have played over a hundred college games, uh, in their careers. It's been a long time since Texas has had a team like that. I mean, this is why they are as good as they are because in the final eight minutes of basketball games, all these really adult old dudes, and yes, Sir Jabari, I am talking about you. <laughs> um, you know, because these dudes are in their twenties, and when when the game gets tough and like guys start making mistakes, Texas doesn't make a lot of mistakes late in games because they had a bunch of old dudes that have been there and done that, and so <laughs> I don't expect them to win tomorrow, but I absolutely believe that they can, and they could, and they might. Um, you know, Kansas has a schedule advantage. What they did in winning last week uh, against Baylor and then coming back and winning at TCU um, means that they kind of have—I don't know—it feels like they've got a uh, a freebie in their back pocket. Like I think that at worst, Kansas is playing for a share of the tournament or the the number one seed in the conference championship when they come to play. But it feels like they're going to because they're going to win their next two games. And Texas got to go play on the road in a couple of tough places. If they split, that's actually doing really good. Really, seriously. If you, I, I, I think every Texas fan should snap someone's hand off if they're offered one and one over the next two games. Because then, if they win in Austin, they win a share of the championship, and that is really important. You know, they could play two really good games and finish zero and two. And that game doesn't matter all of a sudden next Saturday uh, against Kansas. So, you know, if you're Texas, don't freak out if you lose in Waco. But you have to know that you have to win one of these next two games on the road. And these will be, I think, the two toughest remaining games of the season. I don't think they'll play anything in the Big 12 tournament or anything in the actual tournament itself that will be more difficult than going on the road in the next two games.
0: I think you may be right there. By the way, catch I just double checked the schedule. I know why you were thinking four and four. It's four and three in conference, four and four if you count Tennessee. That's where the road well, record re- Yeah, that's what the road record would be there. But it, I should have said four and three because we do not speak of that Tennessee game.
2: Right, yeah, of I course. have that out. Yeah. We, we've, we've all agreed. We're just not talking about that. <laughs> that's weird because. Even an... our Tennessee fans, we're part of the people oh, okay. who are no longer talking about that game. Everybody just agreed that didn't happen.
0: See, that's weird. As an Aggie, I like talking about Tennessee games right now. I mean, the... <laughs> yes, you do. I, I got to try to talk about that one as much as possible. Uh, real quick before I let you go, Catch, just kind of a. Um, uh, maybe a, a historical question in a way. Zay and I were talking about. I said, "Hey, this is what you know." Zay was saying this may be the last time they play at the Farrell Center, and I said, "Well, next year they've got to play another Big Twelve schedule." He said, "Yeah, but those other teams will be involved, and we don't know how they're going to line it up." So, do you think they're going to make Texas go home and home one more time with Baylor next year, uh, and make them go to the Ferrell Center, you know, one last time in twenty four? Yeah. Because I would. I'd make them do it again. Uh, I'm going to kind of miss it. I know you've got – obviously you've got Longhorn connections through work and, and other things, and then you've got your Waco connections because you got Baylor family and, and you grew up, uh, you know, for a long time in Waco. So this, it's a special one to me as a third-party observer. Like, how much are you going to miss Texas and Baylor getting together and, you know, playing stuff? A lot because – I became a college
2: basketball fan watching Texas play Baylor in the heart of Texas Coliseum back in the day. Uh, wow. Those were the first games. <laughs> that means nothing to Zay. But Chad, you officially, you've officially been around long enough to know that they once played their college basketball games in a rodeo arena. Like, hey,
0: that's know, what they did. The look on Zay's face right there was, I don't know what he just said, but I bet Dusty Rhodes wrestled there. That's what he looked like when he, when you said that. Not,
2: not only did Dusty Rhodes wrestle there, there may have been – like like a bull, bull riding tournament that day. Yes. Uh, we may have done a twofer. That's so right. I was uh, seriously the first college basketball game that I ever attended would have been Texas and Baylor in the heart of Texas Coliseum before the Ferrell center uh, was way before it yeah. was an idea. Wow. So, you know, but I mean, I'm looking forward to Texas and Kentucky.
0: Sure. So oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah right. what
2: goes, you know what I mean? Like I will miss Baylor in Texas, but, uh, I won't lose any sleep over it.
0: Right. No, that's fair. I just I lo- I love watching that hatred as a third party man. It's a special kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most Texas fans are going to miss Ooh. Texas and Baylor basketball. No, games. no,
2: you know they why? won't.
0: No, hell no. I don't think so. You no, know,
2: you do know why, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say because of the coach on the other at the other bench right now. Because there's been
2: a lot more losses than wins lately. <laughs> that's so,
0: right. Yeah. You're not going
2: to miss that. No. Um In in general, Texas fans have grown to loathe Baylor. When I was a kid, nobody at Texas cared about Baylor. Baylor somehow turned into loathe over the last couple of decades, and there's a lot that goes into that. Some of it's some pretty dark and dirty things, uh, but some of it just as simple as Baylor's been better than Texas, and Texas fans feel like that should just never be the case, and they're probably right, and yet, Things are the way they are, so look, in a lot of ways, Saturday's for the basketball team's big, but it's also big because there won't be many more of these left. <clears throat> and look, as Chad can attest to, like when Texas and Texas A and M finally stopped playing, he's heard a lot about that Justin Tucker kick. No. So <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the very last thing in some of these situations turn out mattering a lot uh maybe this one isn't one of those things but you know what if you're texas and you can win uh and one of your lasting memories is this huge win that leads to kind of an unfathomable big 12 championship from just two months ago uh that would be really cool
0: yeah wild stat i saw today last time texas swept baylor in the regular season in basketball 2013-2014 Damn, it's been that long uh, to, to give you a number to what Ketch was just talking about. That's Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com, at GK Ketch on Twitter. If you're trying to get your follows together for that crazy one tomorrow in the barn they call the feral Center, Ketch, we always appreciate it, man. You enjoy that. There's not much Texas Baylor left. Thank you for the visit.
2: I was going to say sickling Bears, but I don't have that in me. Oh,
0: come so, uh, on. <laughs> it's rude. I,
2: I really don't. Like, <laughs> rude. Uh, too many things have happened. Yeah, I don't care that my dad's famous around there. No. Uh, I can't say it. Can't Can't do it. No. Even though, you know, I was I was a big bear guy back in the day, but was, those days were long. Ago. A lot of hair back then, not yeah. so much now. Not so much uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Nice Thanks, guys Have a great weekend.
0: Oh my God. If he had said if he'd said sick and bears, I'd have passed out. I'm gonna have fallen out of this chair. Uh, Texas and Baylor, maybe for the last time at the Ferrell Center. Great point by Zay that maybe the schedule won't allow it next year, but I hope they do. I hope they may and Longhorn fans, I know you don't want it to happen, but come on. I think if deserves matters, you gotta go to Lubbock one more time, you gotta go to Waco one more time, you gotta go to Fort Worth one more time. Ugh you got to go one more time around, and then you get to go hang out with Kentucky and Georgia and Sooners and Aggies and all that.
1: I'll take that. If they say you got to do all those three, but Kansas has one trip to the moon, I'm good with that.
0: Oh, you don't want to go to Allen. I do not want to go to Allen. You'll trade those three for not going to church. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I think Longhorn fans might take that swap as well. All right, coming up, why today matters. Today's February 24th. He has a big birthday today. Actually, so does he. That's a goat-quality guy, too. Tomorrow, there's another goat-quality guy with a birthday. We'll hit all those next on The Horn. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Chicken, chicken. Chicken, chicken. Chad and Zay. Chicken, chicken chicken. feel like somebody's trying to sell me a chicken sandwich. What is happening here? What is going on? Just because I told you this week that I appreciated Old Dirty Bastard for bringing some humor, what are we doing here? Is this like the Weird Al Yankovic of rap? What's no, happening? don't disrespect Project Pat. Oh, okay. Project Pat? Project Pat. All right. Sorry, Pat. I'm just i not familiar. What's the song called? Chicken what? Chicken Head. Chicken Head. Oh, my God. Project Pat. So this? Chicken Head. There's a high level of respect for this one? Yeah. Huge. All right. Huge. Is there a dance that goes with it that involves you acting like a chicken? (laughs) Like, you know, the chicken dance they do at weddings and stuff? No.
1: No. Project Pat was really tight with 3-6 Mafia. Okay, Juicy J, DJ Paul. What what area are we talking about? Tennessee. I don't know if he was from Memphis.
0: Okay, but I'm pretty sure he's from Tennessee. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so uh, Project Pat.
1: You wow. said it had to do with sandwiches.
0: No, <laughs> so just it's all. That's all. I thought somebody was about to tell me about a sale.
1: No, he's literally talking about ball-headed women.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Project Pat. Bobby Brown, Pat Benatar, Quiet Riot, and Little River Band. Blackstreet got us started with the beat this hour. If you missed our album swap discussion yesterday, Old Dirty Bastard and Def Leppard, you can check that out on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash atthehorn.com. Austin, thank you for subscribing to the YouTube page. We are headed towards 800 subscribers. Not quite there yet, but thank you to the 752 subscribers that we do have. All right, uh, let's get into a little why today matters. We have big birthdays to hit, and I have to give the Cowboys credit because they didn't do one of my least favorite things. Here we go. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or ENT.com. All right, we will get to these three goats with birthdays, but first let me give the Cowboys a little bit of credit here. I got on them for Tolzien earlier because he's barely been a coach, and I feel like that's what the Cowboys will do. Guys that have played for you, Mark Colombo and Leon Lett and things like that. Maybe there's a little coaching experience, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot. Well, kids, I looked up Mike Solari, the new Cowboys offensive line coach, The joke won't be about that. If it's anything, it's the opposite of that. Mike Solari was a high school coach in the mid-70s after playing at San Diego State where Herm Edwards was his teammate. No, I'm not kidding. He ended up in all kinds of coaching jobs through the years. He's been an offensive line coach at a lot of different stops, including tight ends and assistant offensive line coach with the champion Niners of Super Bowl 29. He was with the Cowboys at the very end of Landry's time in Dallas. Recently, Green Bay, the Giants, Seattle, and now the Cowboys. So, So he hasn't stopped. He has not No, I can't see much time. Let me see. If it um, that's a good question. He has to have a break. Is there a gap anywhere? He's
1: okay. had to take away some time from the game.
0: He went 08 uh let's see 97 to wow, I can't find it. All right. So, eight, oh, let's go, let's go through. 89 Cardinals, 991 Bama, 9296 Niners, 9705 Chiefs, 0607 Chiefs OC, and then 0809 Seattle. 2010, 2014 Niners, 2015 Packers, 16 and 17 Giants, 18 to 21 Seattle Cowboys. So he was all he wasn't around. He didn't coach in 22. That's about all I can see right here. He may take a year where he doesn't have a, but he's right back at it. Wow, this dude is so talk hey, about wisdom, old grizzled offensive line coach Mike McCarthy. I'm going to have to give you this one and not make, make much fun of you. Because I'm not one that makes fun of somebody just because they're old. I don't do that. This dude's clearly got experience. I hope it works. I hope this is good news for Cowboys fans. My man has been around. Yeah. Good and man.
1: then some. He's seen some serious players, though. Oh,
0: yeah, he really has. So, on that level... um, then I, I guess I'll give Mike McCarthy some credit there and congratulations. So once again, it would be a connection with McCarthy, if I'm timing it right, Assistant Offensive Line Coach Green Bay 2015. That's Mike McCarthy, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. one year in Green Bay was enough to get his attention. And then if we go back, I think he might have been. If, we ti- if I go through the timeline time of McCarthy, when McCarthy was an assistant somewhere else, wasn't he in San Francisco before that? He might have been there with him. But anyway, there's clearly some relationships from the past. So instead of Jerry playing off of his relationships, cowboy wise, it feels like maybe McCarthy's playing off of his relationships. That's kind of the way you're supposed to do it, right? Say the head coach and his relationships. Yeah,
1: that's so. what you would like. Okay. But, you know, I guess Jerry and coach could go play some Pinochle together and do some things. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. I'm going to say this. Jerry, now Jerry would still call him a youngster. Jerry's 80. And he's 68, but still, he's been around a while. Uh, all right, let's get to these goats. I'll argue all three of these guys could be called the goat. Today is Phil Knight's 85th birthday. They're about to throw that movie out. You going to go see this thing, the air movie?
1: Yeah, I got to see it. You know, Viola Davis
0: playing Jordan's mom. How about that? That's big time. If you're Jordan's mother, Phil Knight and Sonny Vicaro. Do you enjoy who's playing you in this movie? Matt Damon looks nothing like Sonny Vaccaro. He looks no. That's one of the worst ones
1: I've ever seen. I know Matt Damon's a good actor, but they're gonna that's gonna be real difficult for me to lock into. And then Ben Affleck, Phil Knight, that doesn't look that doesn't too look good either.
0: I, I've tried to figure out how that works. I've tried to squint to see <laughs> if I can make that work. I, I haven't quite made Take that yet. Take a couple of shots. Of yeah. Whatever right.
1: you like taking a couple shots of, and then see. I don't.
0: Yeah. I'm sure. That might be what Hollywood saw. I'm not sure if that one's going to work. It's um, a good story, though. Another GOAT candidate, Zay, would be Floyd Mayweather Jr. He is 46 years old today. Boxing so fans would tell you he is certainly one of the badasses. I don't know if he's the best I've ever seen, but in, in and sometimes they didn't get the right fights with him and things like that. But man, his ability to not get hit is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in boxing. And he's also a boxer that I think really benefited from slow motion. Mm -hmm. You had to see between rounds sort of what you missed because he was so good at not getting hit. And then you're like, oh, my God, Floyd punched that guy five times in the face and I didn't even realize it.
1: One of my favorite fights of his was when he fought Canelo. The dodging and ducking and bobbing and weaving that he put on that night. I don't think we'll ever see anything like it. And, yeah, Chad, he might not be the best boxer of all time, but he might be the best defensive boxer of all time. yeah, yeah. Like, it's just incredible. I remember being around 16 years old, playing select basketball. We're up in Vegas. We're chilling on some downtime. We're at Caesars Palace. You know, Caesars, they have all, like, the mall and stuff within the hotel and stuff. So we're walking around. We're towards the Cheesecake Factory area. And I see like four big ass bodyguard type dudes coming around, like, oh, who's this? Who's Uh-oh. this? Here we go. And I see Floyd's tiny ass like pop up behind them, and TMT, I go, I go crazy. Again, this is like oh seven, oh eight, so okay. Floyd was really the man then. Sure. And gotta take pictures with him and everything. Did you really? Yep. That's still awesome. got the picture. Ask Floyd, yo, Floyd, bro. Which it was a pretty ignorant question by teenage Zay back then. It makes sense now, but I was like, Floyd, you're the best in the world, bro. What you need all these bodyguards for? <laughs> And he looked at me like I was nuts. He was like, yo, do you need the picture or not? Yeah, right. Come on, dude. Yeah, just take the picture. <laughs> I'm going to be on my way. But you he son- really did an answer. And he was like, come on, man. Like, you serious? <laughs> I was like, what? You're the best
2: in the world.
0: You should have said, because I can. That's, yeah. why. that's why. But it was dope, man. That, it was dope. That's fantastic. Yeah, happy birthday to Floyd today. And then tomorrow will be Ric Flair's 74th birthday. So shout out to that guy who many would consider the greatest of all time in his Realm Ric Flair, seventy four, the nature boy. Yeah,
1: damn you Ric Flair for having my brother do the figure four leg lock on me as a child.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Did he rip other it? than that? Did love rip, Ric Flair. Did he rip the leg up at all or was it just annoying? Just annoying. Okay. He yeah. didn't he didn't like really lock it on <laughs> you, did he? Really okay, good. He didn't tear some meniscus out, <laughs> I don't, I don't did he? I don't think he even did it right, but Ric Flair was his guy, yeah, though. Yeah, you can definitely hurt somebody with that thing if, you, uh, if you're if you messing around too much with it. Let that Keep that to the professionals. Let the professionals deal with that. Happy birthday to Rick tomorrow. Also tomorrow for you Beatles freaks. I was raised a Beatles fan by my dad. George Harrison would have been 80 years old tomorrow. Died back in 2001. All right, on this uh, February 24th, we'll also remind you Longhorn fans, Texas spring practice starts in 10 days how about that spring game is only 50 days away and you're 190 days away from that opening game football never dies around here and we'll keep the countdown going for you we will get through it together up next stems and seeds lots of stuff out there including that full list of the Cowboys new coaching staff including this offensive line coach that yeah he's been in a meeting room or two this is the horn
1: Chad and Zay. Every day. Every night.
2: All the time. (laughs) I need the crib with the fountain and splash. SP, the only flower that you know. With a bounce and a half. Listen, kid, I need a mountain to cash. So I can roll up, hop in the whip and like bounce
0: to the ass. Alright, just about done on a Friday. Zay, do I have any shot at this? Nah, maybe when we get into some
1: more reviews down the line toward okay. the summer, I might. we'll get to the group. But this is just one of the individuals oh, okay. out of the group. So I
0: might, yeah, that's going to make it extra challenging. All right, who is it? Styles P. Styles P. From right. the Locks. From the Locks.
1: Yeah, the Locks has Jada Kiss and Sheik Luke in it. Pretty iconic group. Especially recently, they did a during COVID. You know those verses that they had where, like, rappers would perform all their hits in, like, one room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we couldn't be around each other. Sure. The Locks did one versus Dipset, which has, like, Jim Jones we played this week and Mm -hmm. Cameron and stuff. And it felt like 8 Mile. Like, Rap Uh Battle-ish. It felt like that. And Jadakiss put on a show that most likely, like, put him... In that Billboard Top 50. Interesting. Okay. Like I, don't, I think if they didn't do that versus, nobody would give Jay the Kiss the credit that he deserves. Now, do I think that credit went overboard with the verses? Like that Billboard 50? Like Jay the yeah. Kiss doesn't deserve to be on that 50?
0: Yeah. Well, because it's because it's because everybody had nothing to do and they were watching. Exactly. <laughs> everybody. Everybody, saw everybody it.
1: was watching. they had that like Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the most iconic things in hip hop, but. Yeah, the locks, they killed Dipset that night, and a lot of it was because of Jada Kiss. But yeah, that's Styles P. I Get High, his classic
0: song. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, we, we, we all can't be there. Where is he now? Oh, he's in the hallway at the garden. You, yeah. didn't, you didn't know that? Yeah. It's great. uh That's fantastic. All right. So, Styles P finishing it off today. We had Project Pat. We had Bobby Brown. We had Pat Benatar, Quiet Riot, Little River Band all on the show today. The Black Street Beat to get this hour started. Uh, we've also got one of our listeners giving us a very important piece of information off of something we talked about today. Let's start there with stems and seeds. We'll NFL as well. Here we go.
1: No stress, no seeds, no stems,
2: no sticks.
0: Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Shout out to Bill, one of our listeners who points out that Baylor has a new arena on the way. It opens maybe at the end of this year, which means Zay, even if Texas goes back to Waco one more time, it might be in the new house so this very much is the last time at the Farrell Center if everything goes to plan. Okay. Just that's, got, that's dope. So this is this is the last one. Okay. I'm with that. Now I wanna go next
1: year. I hope the Horns got to go to Waco next year because I want to see that new arena.
0: We all know what that new football stadium was like. Yeah. Everybody loves that place. Oh, it's
1: beautiful. Driving up 35, you're trying to go to Dallas or something. Mm-hmm. You can't miss it. It is beautiful. But yeah, about time, Baylor, because Ferrell Center, which I can't say much. We had the Irwin Center for however long. Mm.
0: But Ferrell Center's trash. <laughs> it is. Sorry. <laughs> you think the Baylor folks would be happy when they implode that oh, thing if they yeah. get rid of it? Oh, uh, yeah. Cowboys fans, we do have the full list of the coaching staff in 2023 interesting contrast for quarterbacks coach it's scott tolzine who does not have a lot of experience at all started in 2019 as a coach but i just checked the offensive line coach's resume and it is long he goes all the way back to the 70s in high school he was at the end of the landry era with the cowboys mike solari his name is solari because he might have been named after the sun no he's not that old he's 68 i'm actually excited about it he's an old veteran uh you know offensive line coach and i like those i like those kind of guys that can deal with the line of scrimmage the way they need to this offensive line is changing morphing getting older it feels like they're you know hurt all the time and a couple of these guys are moving on too so um coach solari needs to use all his experience coming up Yeah, that's
1: a ton of experience that you just put out there, Chad. And you need a little mixture of both. You need some of those young guys Mm -hmm. that are relatable, but you need some of that old veteran wisdom, been there, done that type of guys that can give you game that somebody experienced like this coach. So, yeah, it's a good move, but you got to see what happens on the field.
0: All right, NFL. We'll say the NFL and on the young side of things, you see that Aaron Glenn got a re-up with the uh, Lions as D.C.? No. That was interesting to me. I wonder – I don't know if that that defense hasn't struck me as, like, badass yet. And so I I just don't know. Like, as an Aggie, I'd love Aaron Glenn. I love the fact that he's got the gig, and I was glad to hear it. But as an NFL fan, I'm just thinking, have they been that good? I mean,
1: Aiden Hutchinson was really good. This was the first year they had – what's his name? Okunze or my man, the cornerback that went to Ohio State that's there. He's been hurt a lot. This was his first – yeah, a year that's healthy, true. and he was really good this season, so they were right there. Like They got yeah. the Packers out the playoffs. They were really close to making it.
0: Just didn't happen. Yeah, he got the love there. Congrats to Aaron Glenn for that. All right, everybody have a great weekend. Longhorn baseball in Indiana. 6.30 start tonight, 6.15 pregame right here on the Horn. Ball don't lie with Rod and Harge coming right up. Y'all stay safe out there. See ya!